Hi and welcome to The Crime Pod. I'm Caitlin. And I'm Sam. So this week I'm going to base it around October and I'm going to do something a little spooky. So it's still a crime story but it's a bit of a spooky one that I didn't know much about but I'll stop talking and I'll just get into it. So this week I am going to tell you the case of Netta Fornero. Samantha, does this name ring a bell to you at all? No, none at all. <laughs> okay, um, it didn't to me either and I'll give you some backstory. So I first was going to do this case a couple of months back and then I decided because of some of the themes of it I would keep it for October and do like Halloween kind of vibes. If you like a case that is basically short and sweet and is just like this is what happened this is who was done for it I would just stop listening because this is the most rabbit holes I have ever gone down in a case there are so many twists and turns so if you would rather just know what happens I wouldn't bother just turn off because I still have no idea what is going on (laughs) with this case if I'm completely honest with you I it is taking over my mind I'm sitting thinking about it being like this is just mad so let me get started. So as I said, the story is about Netta Fornero, who was born in Cairo in Egypt in 1897. Now, she was the daughter of Nora Edith Ling and Giuseppe Nicola Raimondo Fornero. So that is where the surname is coming from. And he was an Italian doctor and her mother was English. Now, her birth I think it's name... Giuseppe. Just what because of say? Pinocchio. I, I, so the only reason why I'm thinking is because Pinocchio. It doesn't even matter at all. Sorry, carry What did on. I say? Giuseppe. Is that, not what, is that not what you just said? I just said Giuseppe. And I said Giuseppe. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, carry on. Thanks. Her birth name is not Netta Fornero. It is actually Marie Nora Emily Edith Fornero. But she gets called Netta. She was raised in Italy and actually moved to England to attend a boarding school because, as I said, her dad is a doctor, so they do come from money. So she goes over to England to go to boarding school. Now, when she was actually really young, unfortunately, her mother died. I can't find out how she died, but this caused quite a lot of trauma for her in her younger years. And then to add to this trauma, her dad decides that he does not want to take care of her anymore. So says he's not doing with that and basically just abandons her. So as you can imagine, she's grieving the loss of her mother, but she's now also got this anger at her dad. So it was her mother actually died in 1898. So this is, as you can imagine, very, very young. She is placed into the care of her like um, maternal grandfather, and his name is Thomas Prattling. And he was a well-to-do tea dealer and lived in Streatham. And that is where she moved after boarding school. Now, she's described as quite an unhappy teenager, kept herself to herself and didn't really get involved with much like just one of those people that kind of keeps herself to herself now around this time is when Netta starts getting interested in the occult now if you don't know what that is that is basically the google kind of definition is mystical supernatural or magical powers practices or phenomena spirits seances etc so into that kind of spooky stuff which I didn't know much about until this case I probably had a look into it And the reason for doing this is she believes if she could contact the other side and contact people that have died, that she would be able to speak to her mum. 
Now, at the time, like London and the surrounding areas actually had many like occult societies and they operated within like high ranking members of society. So she becomes a member of the Alpha et Omega offshoot of the Hermet Hermetic Order of the Golden Dawn. Yeah, it sounds like a lot. So that is basically... <laughs> that is a lot. <laughs> yeah, so she becomes part of this group and this is founded by this famous occultist, Alistair Crowley. Again, if you don't know who I'm talking about, give him a Google. This is what I've been doing the last couple of weeks. She actually also becomes an officer in a co-masonry lodge in West London. So she actually becomes like an officer at a Freemason lodge, um, which is actually quite uncommon for a woman to be an officer there as well. But this is what she's up to in London. Now, many of these members and like they dictated themselves into learning like ancient, ancient magic, like rituals, going into like meditative trances, summoning spirits and demons and participating in like intricate ceremonies that could last for days. So that is what they were kind of doing. Um, so that it gives you a bit of a background of her time in London. Now, she actually then decides to move to Iona. Now, Iona is a Hebridean island. Um, in Scotland and it's about three miles long and currently it has a population of 177 people. Um, of these people roughly 135 actually live there all year round but and have like some of them have been there for generations, some come seasonal, some are quite new and try and build their life there but it's got loads of moorland, rocks, beaches. I don't know if you don't know why Iona is Google it, it is absolutely beautiful. It's like the typical like blue water white sand beach vibes. Really, really nice. But Iona is also described as the birthplace of Christianity in Scotland and people go to Iona for spiritual growth, which I did not know until I began studying this. That's just me. She became interested in Iona um, after reading a story by her favourite author, who is William Sharp, which described the area around Loch Lake, Stanag and where Stanag, I think what is my pronunciation? But it's that. As one where, like, the fairies roam free. There's going to be quite a lot of chat about fairies in this story, just to say. So, Sharp was a Scottish writer, and he wrote also poetry um, and literary, literary biography in particular is what he wrote. And from 1893, he also wrote as a woman named Fiona MacLeod. Like, that was his pseudonym. Do you know what <laughs> What is the word? What is the word? Is it pseudonym? Yeah. Sure. yeah. So he, <laughs> that and he kept that pretty much secret his whole life. So just in case you then go on to Google Sharp, that name will also come up. Now, according to a fellow occultist, Dion Fortune, the reason Nessa was actually going to Iona was to conduct some deep healing and to study green ray elementals, fairies, or what they are basically. And um, she is obsessed with fairies. And the elemental as well is also just occasional. That means it's a wavelength between us and entities. So she moves to Iona and she stands out quite a lot. Now, Netta wears all black. She has long black hair, which is in braids. And she also wears quite a lot of silver jewellery. Now, when she arrives on the island, the summer like season's just kind of finishing. So a lot of the lodgers are leaving. So she actually found it quite easy to get accommodation. And she stays with the McRae family. And in particular, speaks with Mrs McRae. Now, the family found her quite intriguing. As I said, she stands out quite a bit and she rented a room in the cottage that Mrs McCray owned. But what Mrs McCray noticed is she would actually go out most nights and just walk along the moorland in search of entities and fairies. But it's cold. It's freezing. Like, even though it's kind of just after summer, it's still like a beach in Scotland. 
So Mrs McRae would say that Netta didn't really have great health. She would get quite breathless and cold. So, as I said, what is she doing at night? But she wouldn't say. So in the morning, she'd come back and have a glass of orange juice, write in her journal and then sleep till evening and then go back out, search for the entities and fairies again, come home, have her orange juice. This was like the kind of routine that she was in. Mrs McRae also noticed that her jewellery and nails were also seen to be going black. So I don't know if that's actually maybe a health thing as well, because she's basically living this kind of nocturnal lifestyle, which cannot be good for you. So as much as she looks quite quirky and quite eccentric, they're now worried that she actually is mentally unwell, because Netta um, disclosed to Miss McRae that she would have like absences slash like trances, and she would just stay off into space in a trance for hours, if not days. And I think she said the longest trance she was ever in was over a week long. She was in a trance, which I've never heard of someone being in a trance for that long. Now, on the 17th of November, 1929, the family that she was staying with found Netta packing up her stuff in an urgent rush, saying that she had to leave the island. Now, she was panicking and she was really, really terrified. She was basically getting herself in such a state and Mrs McRae was actually really worried that she was in such a state and she said that she was being physically attacked by several people on the island and the family warned Netta that because it was a Sunday no ferries would be able to take her back to the Scottish mainland so she ignored them packs up all her stuff and goes to the ferry port and after a few hours of waiting at the ferry port she returns back to the McRae house because obviously there is no ferries but she's much much calmer saying that she no longer wants to leave Iona and she's absolutely fine. She goes back to room, puts her stuff there and then Netta decides she would go on one of her long walks at evening. Now on the 18th of November, a member of the family knocked on her bedroom door but she doesn't answer, so they decide to enter the room. Now her clothes, bed, belongings and stuff were all neatly positioned, folded away, like everything looked normal, apart from her journal, which I spoke to you about her writing in, was found burnt in her room. Now they looked around couldn't find her so they started having a look around the island to try and find her and they also couldn't find her so they told other islanders and a search party begins for Netta they searched all the moorland the beaches etc they actually eventually called police over from the mainland as well and when they were looking was at night time because that's as well when she seemed to come out and about so remember it's quite cloudy it's quite windy it's dark and in the early morning of that day in November, two farmers and their dog, so the farmers were named Hector McLean and Hector McNiven, were searching a small, like, disused old village on the edge of the island. So this is a bit of the like, old ruins that haven't been used by residents for over, like, a thousand years. And the dog runs off and begins barking as they're searching this abandoned area. So they went to where the dog was barking, towards, like, the village ruins, and they see a figure on the hillside. Now, this was a pale body of a woman lying naked but covered with a black cloak. In her right hand, um, it was like under her head, like positioning, and her left hand was flat out and there was a dagger placed in it. Her face was posed as if she was screaming. So the last look on her face, like, stuck with her with rigor mortis and she was, like, screaming and looked terrified. And they decided to move her and underneath there was a large cross carved into the earth. So they were like, nope. And left that and went and got help and that's when it was confirmed that this was Netta's body. Initially there was no signs of injury. Now her feet were injured but like just her toes so 
was she dragged or running at high speed in her toes because she had no injury on her heels it was just her toes that were all kind of like injured now what's also weird is the spot she was found in had also been searched before so why wasn't she seen or people believed she was maybe kept somewhere and then like dragged and dumped there and that's maybe what the cuts were or potentially she had ran across the rocks down at that area which is what's caused her feet to be cut but again if that area was searched how did they not find her before police also searched her belongings and they apparently found some interesting letters in her belongings these were passed on to the pocket of fiscal and have never been mentioned again and it was never disclosed what was found in these letters now the autopsy is the residential doctor on the island that does a kind of quick examination and the coroner's report comes out and says they could not confirm the time of her death only that happened sometime between the 17th and 19th of November. So that's like three full days. He also concluded in his report that exposure to the weather was her cause of death and there was no obvious evidence of foul play. She is actually buried on the island of Iona. She doesn't go back to Italy. I don't know if back in those days as well, if there was actually anyone she could contact, like anyone that kind of knew her. So she's buried in a wee simple grave on the island. Um no police investigation was carried out as the physician noted that the cause of death was heart failure from the exposure and that's it case closed also um so forgot to mention there and i say she's buried on the island she's actually buried in the same grave like yard as the real macbeth and her gravestone is actually an open book which i think is quite a nice gravestone um and the whole island attended her funeral which is really really nice not that there's lots of them but they all came out for it now as I've just kind of said to you there, there was no police investigation. And to be honest, there never really was. And that's what they just said. She died of heart failure. But like me, doesn't really sound like heart failure was the only thing there. So I'm going to go into some of the theories that there's potentially have said about her death. So obviously the main thing is she was involved with occult organisations. So many of her friends believe her death was caused by the other side. Some sort of spiritual murder. Her friend said that after she died, she was going to cure, like, like she said after she died, but what she was going to do when she was on the island, sorry, is she was going to cure all the spirits on Iona. So what um, Meta wanted to do was create a huge spirit vortex so she could cure all the spirits and heal them. I don't know how you do the kind of healing, but that's what she was going to do on the island. The Scotsman newspaper actually said that it could have been a possible cause of death, could have been a psychic duel. Again, I'm not 100% sure what that involves, but that could have been cause of death. Others say it's because she broke the silence of a secret ritual within her group, Alpha Omega. I'm not 100% sure what the secret ritual is, but apparently she broke silence on that. Also, blue lights and stuff were seen across the moorlands when she was there. So they believe that could be the fairies or the spirits, or it could be boat lights on the island. It, it depends if you're a cult, not a cult. Now, the manner in which she was murdered was physical because someone is placed her in a certain way and they have like, there's obviously the cross under her body because they say with like hypothermia, et cetera, like you do wrap up, et cetera, but you're not just going to lie there. And, you know, let the cold kind of take over as such. You know, I know that people with hypothermia do strip off, but you kind of strip off and think you're fine. You wouldn't just lie there, I don't believe. Samantha, were you wanting to say something? 
Yeah, um, am I making this up? But was there not a dagger in her heart? (laughs) There was a dagger in her hand. Oh, right, because I was like, that's the cause of death, everyone. No, sorry, it's in her hand. Sorry, that was me. I don't think I said heart. (laughs) No, no, you wouldn't have. I just, sorry, because I was like, this is crazy. What are you talking about? No, it was in her hand. So her left hand was lying out and there was a dagger placed in it. Right, sorry. But with your hypothermia, I think, yeah, I'm with you there. You wouldn't just lay down on the ground and position yourself yeah. with a dagger, etc. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, don't worry though. A psychic group held a seance and they found out via the seance that she was strangled to death by a local member of Iona. Um, he was in his 30s, he had a dark moustache. This is obviously one of the occult theories. Now, a man was also seen in a black cloak following her around the moorland a couple of days before her death, but was never seen again. So, like, who was he? Did he believe in the occult? Did he not? Like, unfortunately, as I said to you at the start, I don't I don't have answers for you. That's all I really have. Now, the not occult theories, she was basically kind of in this day and age, unfortunately, she would be described as someone that probably was quite mentally unwell. So she was probably scaring herself and beginning to see things. There was also a theory that she was poisoned and kept hostage for two days, which is why nobody saw her. And I think I kind of touched on that earlier when I said that she potentially was dragged by her feet, which is why her toes were all kind of cut. So potentially she was poisoned by someone else on the island, kind of kept there. And then when she's died, they've dumped the body. Other things like on poisoning, people say that she actually poisoned herself because on Ilona at that time, there is actually those t- like typical classic like fairy mushrooms, you know, the red ones with the white spots. They actually grow in Iona and apparently she ate them and poisoned herself. But this is when it then, if we do go back to the autopsy, I know it was kind of early 90s, kind of 1920-odd, but they're saying it was heart failure. Like, I think if you poisoned yourself, would you not kind of be being sick? Or I, I, do, I don't know. I'm not a doctor, but I just thought that's quite rogue just to say like yeah she was poisoned but we kind of have no evidence of that at all now I'm going to go back a wee bit to when I said her fingers and jewellery were turning black obviously Miss McRae who she stayed with was quite a religious woman as it was and I think was a bit freaked out by Netta and was a bit kind of like you're a bit spooky spooky but it actually can be a result like black fingers and jewellery of people who are either a in a state of starvation or people who are diabetic. So they can go into a thing called ketoacidosis, and that is basically if diabetes is untreated. So the symptoms are shortness of breath, which, if you go back again, I said that Miss McCray said that she used to struggle with her breathing on walks, states of confusion, or highly acidic sweat, which can turn jewellery and nails black. They also get extreme hallucinations so potentially Netta was an undiagnosed diabetic and this can be how she had all these different behaviours now I know what you're probably thinking why undiagnosed if we go back further Netta's dad was a doctor and since that and since he left her she hated doctors which is another reason why she kind of went onto the spiritual so she focused on spiritual trance healing so she didn't actually go to the doctor she did everything her kind of self So she would never, even if she thought she had symptoms of diabetes, she would have thought she was actually curing it herself. But 
she she wouldn't have gone to a doctor. Now I say there, she also focused on spiritual trance healings. She actually healed others and has her very own list of patients. Now she was actually healing somebody when she died, like she had an ongoing patient at this time. I don't know who, but she wrote a letter to a woman called Mrs. Uh, Miss, Mrs. Sorry, Varney, who is her housekeeper in London. And the note basically said, please don't be shocked if you don't hear from me for a long time as I have a terrible healing case on. I don't really know what this is, but she also received a message from her two days, This like Miss Varney received this message two days before she died. And Mrs Varney also said that Netta tried to fast once for 40 days to get herself into the ultimate trance, but she was convinced to stop after two weeks because it was so dangerous. Now, a true crime author named Richard Wilson actually went to Iona in the 70s about this and he tracked down Callum McRae. Um, Callum McRae is obviously one of the McRae family who Netta stayed with, Mrs McRae's son, and he was actually in his 70s, in the 70s. So he was roughly like 12 at the time this was all kind of happening. And they kind of get straight to the point here and they say like, do you know, what about the dagger? In her hand, like, the, not in her heart, but her hand. They kind of, as Santh and I were asking, like, why is that just getting ignored? He said it wasn't a dagger in her hand, but simply a kitchen knife that couldn't actually do anything to hurt anybody. It's just twisted in time that it was a dagger. They also then mentioned the cross under her body, and he says that wasn't there. There was no cross under there it was just digging marks into the ground now if we go back again to like hypothermia and exposure people can dig and burrow into the ground to try and get themselves heat so he said that's what it was and he can be quite blunt actually and he kind of just says she was disturbed she had exposure this is what the doctor said case closed kind of thing people need to just kind of leave it alone now it's really tricky because i'm kind of coming to the end here and I think she knew she was going to die. Obviously, she burnt her journal. She has a scream on her face. But that's another thing. Like, what was she screaming at? Why was her face in this position? I don't really know. Now, the final theory I'm going to say is quite a rogue one that I read up on. But I don't know. It's one that kind of just sticks with me. So my final theory is the Islanders murdered her for being a witch. Now... This was a massive cover-up, all involved, which is why she was buried on the island, which is why they kind of kept it to themselves, which is why the coroner was on the island. Hebridean folklore does say that witches glide along the moors on the tips of their toes and, like, floating like fairies and stuff and are into fairies, which could be why her feet were cut, because she could have been showing witchy behaviours. And to the islanders, she was described as this kind of bohemian outsider, so did she frighten them? Like, she fits the perfect category to be a witch. So, actually, maybe she was killed by the islanders. And that's why nothing's really kind of be done about it. Like, I know it was obviously nearly 100 years ago, but that was it. Just kind of case closed. So, maybe that's how she was killed. And maybe that's actually, she had this theory that she wanted to die there. And maybe that's why she went to Iona all along. But as I said... That's me kind of coming to an end and I have nothing else to really tell you. I'm kind of just planting this spooky tale on you and leaving your own brains to run wild like mine has. Samantha, where are you at with it? Yeah, I'm kind of just, <laughs> I don't even know. It's um, it's a different one. Like, 
at the end of the day, though, I think I quite like your witch theory because we all know, especially in Scotland, they love to kill a witch. Um, and yep. also, especially up north with the islands and stuff and all the fairies and everything like that, then it kind of does fit the bill. Um, and I know that they're like, oh, it was just a kitchen knife. That can do damage. Let's be real. <laughs> like a dagger or a kitchen knife, it doesn't matter. But she so, also had no knife marks or anything on her body. No, exactly. So, like, I don't really get why that was there. No, and like, I, I don't understand. You wouldn't just lean it on you. Like, she wouldn't be holding it. You wouldn't just lean it on your hand. But even if you were dying of exposure, my main thing is her face. Why <laughs> did she look scared? Yeah, it's the scream mm-hmm. and, the, and the toes. Like, you know, she got dragged there or mm-hmm, something mm-hmm. so um no it's a crazy one and I think you can think of your own theory as well because it like you said it was 100 years ago we'll never know yeah please let us know um if you have any theories or anything or if anyone's actually been Tyona and actually like saw a grave or anything like it's a case I really didn't know much about and like see when you actually like look at her like pictures of her she doesn't look that wild compared to nowadays she just looks kind of like normal and like I've seen some pictures of like her grave and stuff but I'd love to know if anyone's kind of been and visited it and if anyone does have any theories we would love to hear them 